Welcome to Taking the High Road, a special show dedicated to the trucking industry, specifically at the confluence of recruiting, retention, and compliance. In the fourth year as the host of this show, I bring over two decades of industry experience, both on the carrier side as well as the vendor side. And each week I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insight to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges. I always appreciate your feedback, good or bad. Don't forget to rate and review Taking the High Road on your preferred platform. If you're watching on YouTube, please go ahead and smash that like button now. I'd also like to thank and highlight the show's valuable sponsors. Their dedication and commitment to the industry and to the show is greatly appreciated. And if you're interested in being a sponsor of Taking the High Road or joining me for an interview, please email jeremy at takingthehighroad.com. Now, this is an interview I've been excited about for some time. This week, I'm honored to be joined by someone who I can't help but describe as trucking's modern-day renaissance man, for reasons we'll soon get into, Michael Lombard, president of Lombard Trucking. Great to have you on the show, Michael. Man, I'm glad to be here. What an intro. I mean, you got me you got me blushing over here. <laughs> All right, right. Well, we'll see, because we got plenty more to go. You know, I've been following you uh, from afar, and, and I'm excited to get more up close and personal with you as, uh, as we talk about your background, how you got into the trucking industry, your experience as a professional driver, a staunch driver advocate, a recruiter, a fitness coach, a podcast host. Uh, I'd also like to talk about some of the things you're most passionate about. Uh, and I have a feeling we may not have enough time to get into everything, given what I know about you so far. And then we'll also answer a question from a listener during our Deeper Dive segment. Are you ready to, you ready to go? I'm ready to rock. All right. Well, I start every conversation with a book recommendation. So I know you've got plenty. Can you share with the audience a book that, uh, that you've read that was impactful? Absolutely. Right, right up at the top. And this is on brand for me. Uh, you have to absolutely go out and buy Napoleon, a life uh, biography by Andrew Roberts. That right there, uh, just life changing information, really separating the man from the myth, um, you know, uh, surrounding Napoleon, kind of giving a, a really good oversight. Um, and especially because of the kind of the, the recent letters that have come out from Napoleon and the Andrew Roberts really leaves no stern, uh, leaves no stone unturned. He writes very similar to, uh, say, Chernaw did with Grant and Hamilton, the with cross-referencing letters from different officers and other leaders, and really finding out the truth behind the man, as opposed to some of the myth that's been carried on throughout history. And for for the most part, it tells the true story and the kind of the true history of the time. And it, not only just if you're a history guy, but if you're somebody who's you know looking at you know, just overall leadership traits and somebody who's, you know, however that, you know, how he carried his life and as short as it was and only passing away in his, you know, his early fifties, um, just how he stayed, you know, what he was able to accomplish in that time and, and his leadership style and skills. And as, you know, as a communicator, there's just so much to take from it, whether you are just into history or, you know, you're somebody who's trying to round out maybe how to deal with issues with your business. I mean, it's just a wealth of information and it's, it's truthfully a story that even though it separates man versus myth, it almost seems too amazing, especially down to the military engagements to seem true. But it's it's fascinating. It was very life changing for me. I always tell everybody you, you got to love it. Yeah, I appreciate that. And 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 you you referenced uh, like similar authors like Chernow, which means the book is quite exhaustive in, in the sense of it's a it's a heavy one if you buy the physical version. Otherwise, the audible I think is. 20 ish hours, but like always, I listen to almost every audible book about one and a half speed because I'm no fool. I can make up some time. Uh, besides being one of a kind, who is Michael Lombard and, and, and how did you make your way into the trucking industry? 
So what's crazy is with who I am is that I all the credit goes to to my family, uh, you know, the original Lombards who did who came over from Italy actually as Lombardo and re- removed the vowel uh, as a business decision, you know, uh, somewhere in the early 1900s, 1900s, and uh, kind of you know when it comes to starting who I am, what's crazy is, is I've been known on the internet as Lombard Trucking since 2010, since I made a Twitter and. The reason behind why I made that my name, as random as it was, I was I wasn't I had military truck driving licenses. I had driven some, you know, some trucks in the Marines. I was I, I was an artilleryman uh, in the Marines, but we, we tow cannons. So I drove Humvees and some MRAPs and stuff. But that wasn't why I had made that my name. It's because my family used to own uh, a company, uh, the, the original Lombard Brothers Incorporated or what was known as Lombard Trucking, which. Um, started by my uh, great great grandfather Nicky Lombard and his brother John. You know they came, they got to the U.S. in the uh, late eighteen, early nineteen hundreds, and uh, essentially Nicky and John uh, they began peddling ice out of a horse and carriage in Waterbury, Connecticut, and up in the Litchfield Hills. And eventually they they incorporated in nineteen twenty three uh, as a motor carrier. And uh, throughout that time, throughout the twentieth century, Lombard grew to being one of the largest motor carriers in the Northeast. They had terminals from Baltimore to uh, Maine, Port- Portland, Maine, uh, 10 or 11 terminals in 10 or, t- uh, 10 or so states. I have an old notepad that actually has some of the cities on there that they were in. And my, my grandfather, who I grew up with uh, up until my uh, about mid-20s, he was one of the owners of Lombard as well as a driver for Lombard for, for 30 years. And uh, unfortunately, Lombard was a, a casualty of the Motor Carrier Act of 1980. They were a, a Teamster affiliate, and they they were uh, sold to North Penn Transfer out of Carlisle, Pennsylvania in 1984, and uh, North Penn Transfer dissolved in in 1991. So Lombard, uh, you know, faded off into the into the abyss. And essentially, what kind of made you know made me was uh, I I got out of the Marines. I went to college. So kind of what got me into Lombard trucking and how how that came to be. Um, I started working uh, for a wholesaler in, in a warehouse uh, shortly after college. I was there for three years. I started interacting with a lot of drivers, and uh, that kind of was the spark of kind of what set me off to to think about this. So especially think about logistics as a career um, because I was getting into. I was doing a lot of the purchasing. I did a lot of inventory control, the ordering. Uh, a lot of stuff that was going in and out of the warehouse, uh, picking up, you know, I dealt with LTL carriers. I dealt with central distribution and, uh, basically long story short, came into a turning point, offered a promotion to run a warehouse in North Jersey, negotiated salary, didn't go my way. So at that point I kind of, you know, I was, I just turned, I was about to turn 30. I knew, uh, I knew I needed to make a move and, uh, yeah, I kind of hit a crossroads in my life where at 30, you know, you're thinking I had just gotten married too, and uh, I need to pick something and just go full steam ahead. And at that point, you know, my wife and I made a decision. We're going to move to Central Texas. I'm going to give trucking a shot. I was in the military. I've traveled before. I've gone on several, you know, road trips. I can, I'm very comfortable being in, you know, different places. I have a, a, an allure of, tr- of travel. I said, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot, even though my grandfather told me all growing up, he said, don't do it. Never do it. Don't get involved. You know, ever, you know, it's not what it was when I drove, you know, the government got involved and they screwed everything up. Yeah. You know, I, I can't even explain it to you. And, um, you know, but I, I ignored it because I wanted to see the truth. And 
I've had this name on the internet and I was like, I need to live up to it. So I, I just made a conscious decision. I'm going to start a new career. So I did it. I moved to Texas and, uh, you know, the, towards the spring of 2020 got, you know, got my CDL, uh, and started driving for Pam transport, went over the road from there and kind of it's, it's, it's snowballed because during that time, as I was getting my CDL, I was going through a fitness transformation. And when I went over the road, I had so many friends encourage me. They said, Hey, if you're going to live this lifestyle, you should start documenting it. You should start talking about it, especially if you're, you're trying to stay in shape. And I shied away from it, but you know, eventually I was like, you know what? I might as well, you know, there's people who make, you know, YouTube videos of, you know, wherever they are in the world, I could start doing it. So I just started the podcast to make this, you know, to start telling a story. Well, rolling into it, um, you know, as I kept going, telling my story, eventually, uh, my, one of my best friends, he, who I grew up with, he moved to Texas, kind of followed me. He's, uh, he does very well for himself. He's been wanting to get the, you know, invest in some businesses. And he asked me, he said, are you, if you were an owner operator, could you do it? And I said, no, I know I've been studying. I've been listening to podcasts. I kind of know how to underwrite a business. I had, you know, done a lot with managing, uh, the business back at the the warehouse in New Haven, Connecticut. I said, no, I, I think I could do it. I, I have a good network. I've kind of grown a network of talking to drivers. I could do it. So we kind of went in together 50, 50 on it, probably at the worst time. Uh, you know, I got the truck in spring of uh, April, 2022. And at that time, you know, rates were still doing okay, but, uh, you know, fuel had started to really surge in price. So the, the cooling process started. And over that time, so once I got the truck, that's when I started really just um, opening up my books. Like, I want to talk to everybody I can, want to do it. And as I was telling my story and going on YouTube, that's how I figured I need to take, I need to take this show in a different direction. Because so what had happened was, and what I had noticed, there are a lot of YouTube people over since COVID who really like grew in celebrity type on YouTube. And then all of a sudden when the fuel prices went up, they disappeared. You know, they, they just fell off the face of the map. They fell off. Now me, I wasn't, this is what's crazy. I didn't know a lot about the markets or anything or how crazy volatile it was. I didn't get into it because I heard that there was a gold rush. I got into it because of my name, solely because of that. Like I, that's, I was, it was something I felt passionate about, a way to honor my family, honor my grandfather and try to try to do something with my name. And so when I saw all these people who I was trying to learn from disappear, I said, you know what? I need to take this show a different direction. I need to, we need to start, we need to start advocating because the fuel was going up and with the fuel going up, that's when I started learning and talking to people about some of the, you know, other issues going on in the industry with, you know, when it came, comes to, you know, the retention issue that's going on, because I started taking my show in a different direction where I was going to start. I said, no matter what, whether one or 100 or 1000 people see this video, you know, we need to bring attention to some things that are going on and how and how it is out here and so i started talking to more drivers and i started learning and networking more and that's when i realized that there's some big you know there's some other big problems out here and that kind of is what that's how the foundation was essentially laid out that kind of launched me into advocacy and i i'd really i really say that the start like what who is who is lombard who's michael lombard really became something in that summer of 2022 Cause that's where, that's where it really started. That's when I was on my own figuring out $6 gallon diesel. I had to really learn, learn and, and, and shoot from the hip at that point. And, you know, just, I kept moving forward 
from there and just from networking, talking to drivers, going on Twitter, um, being active on LinkedIn, really beefing up the TikTok, uh, especially in regards to fitness, I just started to learn so much about the retention issues. And then I started really getting in on the health, on the health focus, because while I was over the road, I began to, I read the Goggins book and I said, nah, now I have to be crazy. So I started training, I started training for the marathons and I, tra- and I started training and training and, and running in marathons. And that's when I started to learn about essentially the, the fitness side of, of the industry where essentially, you know, everything, uh, in regard, you know, basically the lifestyle of a truck driver reduces life expectancy, you know, dry, it takes, you know, upward 10 plus years off their life. Essentially all of, uh, when it comes to all of chronic disease or illness, high blood pressure, um, uh, obesity, heart disease, any sort of chronic illness is almost double or very much escalated from what the normal population was. And I learned that. And that's when I started to kind of link the two together to kind of form a little bit more of who, who I was, of how personally, I think when it comes to as a society, when people are put down like this and are sick and tired and suffering from mental health, some of it starts to become a little bit by design where, you know, we're kind of, we've, force this lifestyle on a demographic where now they put themselves in a position to not want to so fight back or advocate for themselves, so to speak. And I kind of, and that's when really that brand started to super emerge going into 2023 of, I'm going to lay on the foundation of fitness of how drivers can now better advocate themselves. But along the way, I knew I couldn't do this alone either. And as, as great as it was, you know, at the end of the day, I, I face reality. I know what it takes to grow you know, grow a brand and content on social media. I think I'm doing all the right things. It's definitely a time game, but I, I look back. I'm not Kylie Jenner. I don't, I'm not as appealing on the eyes, so to speak. So, oh, not, you know, he's in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I knew it would take some work, but I couldn't do this alone and on my own. And I want to do it organically. I'm never going to, who I am online is who you're going to get in person. So I don't want to ever want to sacrifice my integrity or change who I am for anything. So I don't like to, sell out or kind of, you know, show, show poor taste in that regard. I ended up meeting some really great people from going to, uh, from going to the mid America trucking show, uh, back in March of 2023. And along the way on social media, uh, I came across with Lee and Lisa Schmidt who are, who have been advocates for seven, eight years going to DC on their own. And we've gotten part of an organization called CDL drivers unlimited, uh, which is an organization trying to build itself up as a, is something for a, a uh, an organization drivers can join similar to to OIDA in a way that uh, has something to offer drivers with membership, but at the same time also is actively advocating for you know drivers in DC and also at the local and state level. And kind of from there, this entire you know all of these things happened in such a short amount of time, and that's kind of you know what what it made me to made me to, to be and kind of. Bridging it all together, I think you know the the moment I got my commercial driver's license is really when I started to become you know uh, that's when I went from like Mike Lombard to to being Lombard to being a Lombard truck and that's kind of who made me when I really feel like I found my purpose through getting involved in an industry that what I love about this industry and is with logistics especially with the teams the team over at Freight Waves and so many different people is when you show passion and interest or general anything people people are, are attracted to that and it gets conversations going 
And on top of it, when you come at it from an angle, because the fitness side is a whole other angle that just never gets brought up, even on the brokerage side, even on the other side of the truck, because people in warehouses, brokers, they're also working kind of, uh, you know, odd hours, overnight shifts, brokers on demand, and that falls lacks on them too. So this message and what I do is for technically everyone and kind of rolling into why I'm, I've leaned into fitness more to kind of bring us up to present day. I, so while I was driving, I saw the writing on the wall with dry van rates at the end of 2022. There was no peak. Uh, I, there wasn't an increase volume. It started to really dip. Uh, and I knew going into January, 2023, that there was going to be some problems. So I was leased signed to a carrier. I was a company driver for great outfit. R&R Solutions out of Gravit, Arkansas. They really helped me out getting started. I built good relationships with brokers there. That got me really hot the, the, to know kind of the business. From there, I had a friend over at Warren Transport, another owner-operator, contractor-only company similar to Landstar or Mercer. Uh, Warren's based out of uh, Waterloo, Iowa. I wanted to. I got into some flatbed, uh, RGN stepbed style freight because I knew there was a little bit better money in it. And Things started out great. And for the first, you know, half of 2023, it was awesome until I was backed into at a truck stop in Iowa uh, by, a, a, you know, a, a gentleman. I'm not sure it was broad daylight. There was several empty spots. Regardless, I was eating dinner and uh, my curtains are closed and I started hearing crunching. And uh, luckily, no damage to the motor, but it did. You know, the headlight was busted. I completed the delivery up to Thunder Bay, Ontario, came back. I had to get it fixed. And I was down for a bit dealing with insurance. During that time, I knew, okay, I'm down. I'm not driving. What can I do? So, and I, here I am trying to tell drivers to be in shape. So I went out, I went to, you know, the American Council Exercise, and I got myself a fitness certification through them, which allows me to, you know, coach at gyms and kind of builds a legitimate scope of practice I can get into with at least feeling comfortable, co you know, coaching drivers. And so I had gotten that. My truck got fixed. I got back over the road. At this point, this is where kind of my name's been getting out. The sh my show's picked up a little bit of traction, especially from the trucking show. My TikTok grew over 10,000. So I started not meeting a lot of people. You know, I got in the in the wheelhouse of Charles Gracie, who owns Hot Seed Services Recruiting Company. I've been talking to other different brokers. We've been building this network. And I go back out on the road. And when I got back out, I mean, the volume further began to tank. And this is summer. This is peak flatbed oversized season. R rates had been cut from tractors I was hauling in the spring were, you know, cut by essentially more, almost a third than what I was doing just a few months prior. And I go to, I was invited to speak at a CDLlife.com event in Kansas City uh, for a, uh, it was a recruitment summit. And I was uh, asked to speak on a driver panel and uh, I, I spoke on it and there was a bunch of different carriers there. And we talked about the issues with parking, pay, uh, benefits. We really did a lot. And I, and I kind of didn't uh, hold back there. Uh, you know, I, I let my true feelings and myself come out there, kind of echoing things other drivers have talked about on my show. And uh, I had uh, so many people tell me, you know, a lot of people thinking about what you're saying, but you're the only person who is saying it. And uh, let me know I was on the right path. But when I was there, I was, you know, Charles had approached me. He said, hey, I, I think you'd be, uh, what's your what's your plan? What are you looking at for the next couple of years? And I told him, I said, I don't know how much longer I can drive because I'm lucky, I'm fortunate. You know, uh, my wife does work. I'm, I'm not the single, you know, I don't have the, I'm not the only income in the house. 
So I, I was fortunate in that sense, but I was essentially working that whole summer, skimming off the top for groceries. Everything had to go back to the truck. It was essentially saving away for the possibly the next breakdown, the next whatever, the next PM. I had to, had to get everything to the truck. And I understand uh, there's there's risks involved, but at that point, I realized I could either, with how the market turned out, I believe I'm right, I could have either broke even now, got off the road at the end of summer, or I could have prayed I could break even a year from now. I wanted to get in the business to grow. I wanted to try, if I could, do everything I could to make Lombard a motor carrier again. I'm in contact with somebody about trying to regain ownership of that MC and the ICC number. And that was really what I wanted to do. I wanted, I, I would have loved to have to have done that. Maybe if I started in, or a little earlier, I think if I started years ago, that could have that could have helped. But, you know, I can't, that's hindsight 2020. That was my idea. So if I'm, I'm not just going to stay in business so I can keep a job, you know, there's no point. So it became a sunk cost fallacy. You know, I'm just putting money into something that's never, you know, there's no way to really dig yourself back out because if I kept going, I'm risking the life of the engine. And it's just, if all I'm doing is saving up for possibly another down payment on a truck, I'm trying to grow. I want to build a company that, you know, a carrier that treated drivers like how, my family's company treated drivers. You know, Lombard, the original Lombard is a company, drivers stayed for 30 years. They didn't quit. They had the best job in the, in the business. They had everything. And if I'm going to be in business, that's what I wanted to do. So I diverted. I, I was offered a job to to come on to work as a recruiter. And what what's great about that was I'm able to see other parts of the industry. At the same time, I was also offered a job by an Orange Theory gym back here in Austin, Texas, because of my personality, because of my brand, because of who I am on social media. So and that right there in the summer of 2023, when I realized that I was just reached out by two different entities and two different industries who specifically said, we want you to come work for us because of who you are, because of what you stand for, based off of my own merit, not experience, not, uh, you know, my resume, not where I went to college, not my GPA. Literally, they said, you know, you'd be great at it because I see who you are on social media, I see the brand you're trying to build. And that's when the, you know, that true pivot really kind of took place to, if I'm going to do this thing, if I'm going to keep going, I'm going to build this foundation, you know, backed by the fitness industry, staying involved in the logistics industry of trying to go and going from, I, I went from Lombard Fast Motor Freight, which is an old uh, logo, my famous company had. And basically I've essentially changed it over to now. Now it's going to be Lombard Fit Motor Freight. I'm going to grow this brand. I'm going to do what I can to advocate for what's uh, you know for drivers for the industry, and I'm going to keep doing what I can to get drivers healthy and to just keep the conversation going in this industry with all different things going on. And I think along the way, if I build, if I can build that foundation, the doors never shut on becoming a carrier. But in a whole, I know we've been going for a while, and I've been talking. That kind of sums up, and it's crazy because it's a lot because I have only really talked about the last essentially three years, plus a little bit back to the early 1900s. But that rounding out, that's kind of formed who I am. And we, the advocacy part, the reason why I'm passionate about it is because it's, it works. It works if you give yourself, it, It's a it, you have to have patience. And when I met the Schmitz, when I saw what they have done, going to DC, meeting like people like Senator Cruz, we got involved and we, we, started, they, we started just talking and as we started talking we started reaching out to politicians and we've got we have a direct contact now with a um with a congressman out of uh oklahoma uh josh pertine 
you know, we're having regular conversations with some of these people and their staff to the point at which there have been bills come across the House floor and they're calling CDLDU before they're calling OIDA and ATA. So that tells me right there, this is something that has real potential. And if you just don't stop, then I think that there's some real change that I could do and a lot of people could do just by just by that consistency. But I've been I've been I've been talking. I'll let you have answered. Everyone. You have answered literally every question that I had prepared for you with all that you've shared, all of the different facets that you've gotten into from a podcast standpoint, from a health and, and wellness standpoint. Um, the who is Michael Lombard? There's and then by the way, uh, sadly, this show is too short because there is so much more to unpack. And there's going to be additional conversations with you for sure. Um, I think they have to. And and especially around the the health and fitness thing. Because I think you and I have a, a similar passion there. That's something that I've become more and more uh, passionate about. Especially when you know that the life expectancy of a CDL driver is, you know, 61 years old. That's just unacceptable. And I and I love that you that's a, a an issue and a and a motivator for you as well. We do have one minute left. And I want to ask you the deeper dive question. That we're, this is uh, this is a question that's submitted by a listener, and this is a deeper dive segment. Uh, which today's deeper dive question is brought to you by Career Now Brands. And the deeper dive question is: It seems no one wants to drive anymore. What can we do to attract more and especially younger drivers to the industry? Uh, with a minute left in the show, what do you think, Michael? Yeah, that's a it, it's a. Really, really good question uh, because it's it's circumvented around everything that I'm trying to do. Um, number one, motor carriers. If if we really want, if we're looking long term, because at the end of the day, we have uh, there's a huge divide between Chicago-based carriers who are offering you endless miles and money, and then we have the and the only gateway in the industry is through these mega carriers. But the clearly we see what the downfall of the Motor Carrier Act has done to the job. Uh, it's become unsustainable. It's cutting people's lives short. It's having them get off the road for health issues. So something needs to happen between carriers and their customers to give drivers a legitimate schedule. They need a, I hate using the term work-life balance, but drivers need actual schedules they can go on and contingencies in place for breakdowns in regards to pay uh, or, or maintenance and things like that. But the schedule kind of needs to shift. There are people who live and die by the road. I get it. They live out there. They do that. That's the 1% of the 1%. And we can't we we can't base uh, retention and recruitment off of the si- survivability bias. Just because two people are happy made it doesn't discredit the 2,500 or so who, who failed and quit. And so to make the job more attractive, you need to keep the equipment right. These people need legitimate schedules. They need uh, a livable a livable wage out there or something. Um and they definitely need help benefits wise and they need, uh, you know, staff on the other end. It was giving them just as, just as much support. But I mean, I can tell you when the, when, you know, alleviating the stress from the job, that's why people are leaving the stress, uh, undetermined pay parking is a major issue. Um, the, uh, being under the watchful eye of the electronic log and driver facing cameras has deterred veterans. It's had veterans quit the industry. Um, all these little things, if we want to keep drivers in, if carriers are looking to keep drivers, we want to attract younger people. Talk to people who are talk to the talk to the people driving now. Get the info from them, and then that'll get the next generation set up for the future to keep driving. Because I know some people think robots are coming soon. 
They're not coming as quick as people think. We're going to need people, in, especially for OTR-type regional positions. We're going to need this for at least the next 30 to 50 years. So if we want to solve the problem now, talk to the people driving now who are all telling you the same things when it's down to parking, pay, the workplace environment, bathrooms at shippers and receivers. Um, it, that's, I think that's the be- that we, that's where we start. And I know that we can talk on those for longer and, and hopefully I can come back on and we can, we can talk about them and the health thing. I know we're running on time, but just for any driver out there listening for anybody listening, people think, and people get trapped in this in their thirties and forties where they're like, I need to work. I need to make this money. If you don't do the right things now, if you don't get your steps in, if you don't start maintaining, maintaining a healthy lifestyle, you can work hard in your thirties and forties in your fifties and in the twilight of your life is when it catches up, when your kids are grown, when they want you at their swim meets, their baseball games, maybe they play in college, you're not going to be able to. So you do the hard work now, you do the hard things now, and it's going to pay off in the long run for, for everybody. 100% agree. And that's an excellent take. Uh, Michael, first of all, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I love your passion and appreciate the difference that you're making in the industry. Thank you. I I can't appreciate you enough for having me on. We're, we're going to do this again. We're, I, I, we're going to, I, I love the start of this relationship. Likewise. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road. Stay tuned for next episode as I'm joined by Rochelle Baker, Director of Culture and Driver Services with Canadian-based Searcy Trucking. And once again, special thanks to the sponsors of the show. We really appreciate you. If you're interested in being a sponsor or joining me for an interview, please email jeremy at takingthehigherroad.com. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.